BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You know, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Now, qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and, of course, mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean and claim your eligibility for free, your brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, it's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, and switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. My friends at MyPillow, my buddy Mike Lindell, told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the New Mattress Topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have MyPillow Foam for Support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points, and it's ultra-soft, patented temperature regulating cover. And I got to tell you, it has a 10-year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress, you will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER, promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had. Hey, it's that time of year for those of you, God forbid, you got to keep your New Year's resolution. What if you're a timeshare owner and you want to get out of your timeshare? Maybe that's at the top of your list or maybe you made a bad investment over the years. It doesn't matter. Let not your heart be troubled because the new year is also a reminder that you can get serious about getting rid of this timeshare and doing it right and doing it legally. And Lone Star Transfer is absolutely an amazing group of people. From beginning to end, I highly recommend if you have any type of time. Timeshare. I want you to contact Lone Star and tell them I told you to call. They'll give you a free no obligation consultation and they'll help get you out of your timeshare. They'll do it the right way, the legal way, and it will take very little effort on your part just by calling pound 250 on your mobile phone and saying the keyword timeshare. That's pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword timeshare. You can check them out online at lonestartransfer.com. You have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from iHeartMedia. 
right, glad you're with us. A lot of news to get to today. I'm going to explain in detail. It's amazing the press is obsessed with what I predict because they don't know the relationship I have with the president. Now, let me ask you, why do I like Donald Trump so much? Why do I think he's doing a great job as president? Maybe we'll start with that question. Well, I've been on radio 30 years. I've been on television on Fox for 23 years. Now, occasionally changed opinions over time. I'd even argue I've become a little more libertarian. I certainly have become so, well, disenchanted, disappointed with members of Congress, people that I I thought would go and fight and do a really, really good job that don't do it. And my eyes have been opened at how just how deeply embedded the swamp and the sewer in D.C. is. That's frustrating. But all my life, I've wanted conservatives on the Supreme Court. All my life as a broadcasting conservative, I've known, I've studied, I've believed, it's been proven time and time again that tax cuts work, whether it's done by JFK. And that is, you know, it's not a zero-sum game in terms of wealth. You cut taxes, you stimulate economic activity and burdensome regulation. The reason this president has been so successful so quickly is because he did it on a mass scale and he did it expeditiously with the largest tax cut in American history. Uh, I've always believed these things. I've always said, build the border wall first. How many times have I said, you always get the spending increases, you never get the tax cuts that are promised. How many times have I said, you always get the amnesty, you never get the wall built. And I'm watching this president also, what he said about trade deals. Never said he wanted a trade war. He said he wanted to negotiate better trade deals. He's doing it. He wanted our allies to pay a bigger share of our, of our shared defense, NATO. He's doing it. He said he would confront dictatorships like little rocket man, fire and fury, and my button's bigger than yours. And now we're headed to Vietnam in a couple of weeks. By the way, 25 hours to get there. 20? Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't. Yes, Mine is it 35. Is. Yours is 35. You're not on the same plane. I tell you all the time to come on the same plane. You some know, of us need to go ahead of schedule and get to work because some of us are even though you're going to be there a day early. Some of us are so obsessive compulsive that if you don't have the extra extra day, you think that it's it's all going to become a mess. That's um, why we have engineers. You're going. welcome. No, that's why engineers go. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not know I do that, too? Oh, good. Did you not get the memo? I feel like I'm listening to my cousin Vinny here on on the show. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I believed in conservatism my whole adult life. And many of you doubted Donald Trump would govern as a conservative. And frankly, intellectually, some of you made a strong case. Why? Because, okay, he lived in New York. He he donated to both parties. Uh, wasn't really political. At one point in his life was pro-choice. Uh, he said outrageous things on Howard Stern show or whatever it happened to be. But I've also known him for a couple of decades. He's tenacious and unrelenting. 
So I go out there last night and I said, all right, I'm, we're going to watch what the president does on this border wall garbage compromise deal, which it, it's, it's a garbage deal. As, as of this show starting, I am told the White House has not even seen the language. And Nancy Pelosi is expected to leave town for a week or two. Now, they may not be able to get this thing negotiated out. So if Nancy leaves, now either they're going to do a short CR that's clean and doesn't deal with the issue at all just to buy them more time because they're incapable of, of meeting deadlines and doing their job. And they've been so difficult in the whole process to begin with. And they just want to obstruct. And they obviously don't care about the issues that they so long have have proclaimed they care for. But I went last night. It's not even going out on a limb. You know, I'm quoting the president in his own words. I'm going to get the money elsewhere. So he's telegraphing. And it's not to me, just to me, not some special code to Hannity. Um, It's if you'd listen in the mainstream media, you might hear what I'm hearing. And that is. That if the president gets the 1375, which is not the 57 that he wants, that all of you would declare, oh, another huge loss for the president. And then the president combined it with the monies that I believe, and a lot of attorneys that I've talked to, although you watch these TV attorneys, I don't know what they're talking about, uh, that he would have the authority to add, it could be in the billions, that would be, I'm sorry, in the millions, that would be money available to him the money would be available to him right away and the government would be kept open some of you would say well he's he's caving but i went a step further that the president is pretty much telegraphing pay attention to what he says he's telling you something when he speaks and what he's telling you is oh i'm not worried about this at all i'm not worried about this and in the slightest way because he says i will add whatever i have to add those were his words so i go on and make the prediction that i think this is going to be a a three-step process may probably if i had to guess would happen simultaneously so conservatives who doubted his conservative credentials i think his last two years proves that i was right I knew him better than other people. I'm not saying that you made a mistake, that we've all been disappointed by so many other politicians that you're naturally suspicious. But I was out there on the highest tree, the skinniest little branch at the top, hanging on literally the smallest twig and a dead leaf in the middle of winter out there on my own because everyone thinks I'm nuts when I'm saying, I Did promise you. Did you walk backwards and forwards in 10 piles of snow uh, to school? Well, no, but the point is, is I go out on a limb and speak what I believe in my heart to be true. And what I believe in my heart to be true is that Donald Trump was going to govern conservatively. He was going to put those people from his list on the Supreme Court, conservatives and originalists, and he has. Uh, that this president would fight unlike other presidents. How many other presidents would have said uh, to Justice Kavanaugh, forget it, it's not worth it, not worth it, pulled the plug on it, bailed out on it, a lot. He didn't, he wouldn't, and it was the right thing to do. Um, So just because you approach something in a different way doesn't mean in any way you're losing. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. 
it's proving my point about Donald Trump. So you got Democrats. And by the way, frankly, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell had promised him this money if he did that deal that he didn't want to do back, what, two year and a half ago. Yeah, so but he was promised it. They didn't fulfill it. And they should have. And they deserve some of the blame in all of this. So I'm making the prediction that the president, when he talks about homicides, murders, sexual assaults, violent assaults, again, not the 98 percent of people that want a better life, but the two percent, the cartels, the human traffickers, even young girls trafficked into prostitution. As I had a guy, Border Patrol agent, dealt with this 13 years, tell me. Uh, and these young girls' lives are destroyed. Yeah, I'm saying young girls. And the president's seeing this as safety and security, life and death. And Democrats see it as just how can we screw Trump because we hate him. They don't care about DACA dreamers. They don't care about furloughed employees. They themselves wanted all these things until Donald Trump put them forward. And now they're not interested in it. So. I would say that I don't really care what the president ends up doing with this bill. It's, it's, it's of no significance in my mind in terms of is he going to f- fulfill his promise and get the border wall? But it would have to be part. I would care if it's not part of other things that he's basically telegraphing he's going to do. So I'm reading the president's comments like I just read to you. I'm reading it to say this, that if there are no restrictions on the one, three, seven, five, and they keep the government open, he would take that money as a down payment. He would take the other monies, uh, millions uh, available, and he would take, um, I'm sorry, billion, one point three seven five billion, and he would take the other billions available And he would begin to immediately and expeditiously continue building the wall. The headline on Drudge right now is Trump starts six miles of wall in Texas. The president's been building and fixing the entire time. And most people just haven't covered it. We have. Then he's going to probably, I would say, politically, he needs to do it simultaneously because people are so quick to jump down his throat And that would be declared the national emergency at the time that that he decided to either sign or veto this bill. Now, if he vetoes this bill, then Congress is going to have to work fast on a short-term resolution that gets them more time, buys them more time to work out a better deal. Or at least a deal that allows him to spend the money the way he wants to spend it. Because they put all these restrictions on him and he can't even use the money. All the monies that are needed for, you know, the drones and and tunnels and and ports of entry all that money has already been allocated there's billions of dollars nobody's paid attention to that part of it the only part the only monies that are missing are wall monies so if the president would utilize the the billions of dollars for additional construction and the 1.3 billion down payment while simultaneously he declares a national emergency or something similar or orders the using and citing U.S. Code 284, which clearly, as I have read it on both radio and TV the last couple of days, him the authority to do this, and he's already telegraphed multiple times. If he did that simultaneously, while he predictably will watch the left file their lawsuit in California, 
so that they'll get a liberal activist judge that will side with them. They'll, they'll only do it that way. It's called judge shopping. Then it'll go to the notoriously left-wing Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. But then because of the serious, significant national emergency aspect of it and the significant constitutional issues about his role as commander-in-chief, number one, separation of powers, number two, and the law as it is written, especially U.S. Code 284, I think the Supreme Court would have to take it up on an expedited basis and come to a decision. And if they abide by the law and the Constitution, I think it's a slam dunk win for the president. But there's no stoppage in play, if you will. The wall keeps getting built the whole time rather than waiting however many months it takes to work its way through the court system, which predictably will happen with a national emergency or the use of defense funds or whatever else the president decides to do. But I would guess it's going to be a national emergency. And I guess I would guess he would do it if if he doesn't have restrictions on the money, he'll sign the bill. That is of no no consequence to me, except that money can be used immediately and the process doesn't stop while he's fighting in the courts. Now, to me, he's playing chess. And that is it. And but there are those of you out there that have no faith in him. That you just doubt constantly. That's my prediction. It's not based on any conversation. It's based on me knowing the person and reading his public commentary. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Hey, it's that time of year for those of you, God forbid, you got to keep your New Year's resolution. What if you're a timeshare owner and you want to get out of your timeshare? Maybe that's at the top of your list or maybe you made a bad investment over the years. It doesn't matter. Let not your heart be troubled because the new year is also a reminder that you can get serious about getting rid of this timeshare and doing it right and doing it legally. And Lone Star Transfer is absolutely an amazing group of people. From beginning to end, I highly recommend if you have any type of timeshare, I want you to contact Lone Star and tell them I told you to call. They'll give you a free no-obligation consultation, and they'll help get you out of your timeshare. They'll do it the right way, the legal way, and it will take very little effort on your part just by calling pound 250 on your mobile phone and saying the keyword timeshare. That's pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword timeshare. You can check them out online at LoneStarTransfer.com. You have the option to receive a one time auto-dialed text message from iHeartMedia. By the way, in this great economy and job market that's on fire, you want to, maybe you want a new career, maybe you want better pay, better benefits, a better career trajectory, you can just go to ExpressPros.com, download the ExpressPros app, uh, and job seekers never pay a penny. You know, this all comes down to what is the president fighting for? What are the Democrats fighting for? I mean, watch... Bozo O'Rourke actually saying walls make us less safe and end lives. I'm like, if you guys ever talk to angel moms and dads or Menendez making the ridiculous, insane argument that Trump is criminalizing illegal immigrants who drink and drive. Uh, has he ever met the family of somebody that had a family member killed by a drunk driver? I have. Maybe you should go to a what a mothers against drunk driving especially in this day and age in Uber and talk to those parents that lost kids or talk to those that lost kids, you know, angel moms and dads or people that have been victims of sexual assault or violent assault. 
You know, it's just, and you know, well, this is Donald Trump doesn't want brown people to come into the. No, Donald Trump wants to stop the heroin, the fentanyl, the cartels. Donald Trump would like to vet people who come into the country. He'd like to stop the human tra- traffickers, the sex traffickers, the gang members, the drugs from coming into the country, and those that have a tendency or a background in committing horrible crimes. And also make sure that people have the capability of taking care of them themselves. And you have to ask, what, are the, what is the other side fighting for here? They're only fighting for something because Trump likes it. That's not serving the interests of the American people. That's why after his State of the Union speech, 72% of those that watched it like and agree with the president's immigration policies. And the fact that the president telegraphs what he's doing, and I read the telegraph, and they're too dumb, they're saying, Hannity has insider information. Yeah, I read what the president says. Smoking is not about politics. It's about people. There are 34 million Americans that smoke. But for me, Juul was a game changer because you switch to Juul. It's simple. It's satisfying and no more smell. I watch people all the time. They run outside in the freezing cold. It can be grabbing their cigarette. Well, with Juul, you'll take a quick puff and you're good. That's it. Now, Juul is designed with smokers in mind from its form to technology. It's easy to use. No buttons, no switches. And the goal of Juul is to impact the lives of adult smokers by providing a satisfying alternative. Switch to Juul. You'll wish you had done it a long time ago to discover the smoking alternative that is nothing like any e-cig vape you have ever tried. Go to this website, J-U-U-L-Juul.com slash Switch America. That's J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. Warning, this product contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. We are aghast that he wants this giant 30-foot wall to be the symbol of America. I tell President Trump, I've told him to his face, we want the symbol of America to remain the Statue of Liberty, freedom, equality, not a divisive wall. I don't support a wall. I believe in border security. I think a wall is not a smart way to make us safer. A wall is an immorality. It's not who we are as a nation. Immorality? Well, you just, you know, signed off on $1.375 billion of immorality. And Chuck Schumer's such a phony because in Obama's second term, oh, yeah, fund the wall, vote for the wall. We need the wall. We need the walls to prepare. You know, everything for them is political. Now, uh, and it's so absurd. I'm watching these 2020 candidates. I thought it was really funny. So you have uh, Kamala Harris did an interview on some radio show called The Breakfast Club. And the host asked Harris if she ever smoked marijuana and she gives an answer, and then they ask her, well, what music you talk to? Let's play that. Also, and I know the answer to this, too. They say you oppose legalizing weed. That's not true. I know. <laughs> and, and, and look, I joke about it, half joking. Half my family's from Jamaica. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> they be so mad but, at you. Have you ever smoked? I have. Okay. Like and I, and I inhale. I did, did inhale. inhale. Did inhale. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. 
But yes. I know you have to go. They say you have to go. I just, to I just broke news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it in college? Or... Uh huh. See, see, I like stuff like that. That's a real <laughs> honest answer. Uh-huh. Was it a blunt or joint? It was a joint. Hey. Yeah. You remember the high? <laughs> I do. So if it was legalized all throughout the country and medicinal, would you, you know, do it? Listen, again? I think that it gives a lot of people joy, and we need more joy. So then they ask her, well, what music did you listen to when you smoked? And she answers, oh, I, I listened, uh, I, uh, she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I listened to, uh, oh, Snoop and Tupac for sure. All right, well, she graduated Howard University in 1986, and she graduated the University of California, Hastings College of Law, in 1989. Tupac's first uh, album comes out in 1991, and Snoop Dogg's first album comes out in 1993. So either she lied about when she smoked, lied that she smoked, or just light in general. But she just wants to seem hip and cool. You know, that was a big thing with Obama. Obama tried to make it really, really hip, really, really cool. And man, we may have to do this for Kamala Harris with this interview. I'm just thinking. I discovered that it didn't make any difference whether you smoked reefer in the white classmate's sparkling new van or in the dorm room with some brother you'd met down at the gym. I spent the last two years of high school in a daze. I inhaled. All right, we don't have time to get to the rest of this, but you, we'll do one. We got to do a new version for Kamala Harris. Um, interesting that when she was a DA out in San Francisco at the time, she uh, opposed legislation that would have legalized marijuana. And uh, they said at the time she believes drug selling harms communities. Didn't support. She did support medicinal marijuana. Everyone changes their position on this. Uh, yeah, and even, by the way, I guess prosecuted people for smoking marijuana. By the way, people in New York now are told for sure uh, that, um, you know, every state's going for drug legalization. Um, here's the best thing, though, that's going on in the country right now. And if you're a conservative, you should love this. You're watching. And you, you shouldn't. Well, let me say it differently. You need to watch very, very carefully what the radical takeover of the extreme radical new Democratic Socialist Party. You got you got to take it seriously. And what I see about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the hundred people that support her new Green Deal. What I see in her is somebody that basically saying everything Democrats believe, but they just try and work on incrementally. Remember, everything that Democrats have known for years that they could never get done legislatively, they've tried to work through the activist court system to get done. All their agenda items, that's, that's how they've been handling it and trying to hide a lot of what they really believe but, you know, we now have a Democratic Party that is rooted in radicalism. 
a Democratic Party that is a socialist party, a Democratic Party that is, you know, look at the things that they believe in now. You know, they believe in, oh, even abortion during the birth process, or you happen to be the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, you're okay with it even after the baby's born. Baby's born, delivered, and kept comfortable, then the mother decides whether the kid gets resuscitated or not if they run into some type of trouble. And that's how extreme this party has become. Then you look at the New Deal, the new Green New Deal bill. And I love that Mitch McConnell's saying, hey, um, let's have votes on this. Let's get these people on record. Do they support eliminating all fossil fuels in 10 years? I mean, this is so this, this would guarantee that the greatest wealth producing nation that its finances would collapse probably immediately if it was ever implemented. But there may be enough people that actually are stupid enough that want this. You know, I don't want the Tupac part. That's fine. Thank you, though. Anyway, so their goal is to get off all fossil fuels at the exact moment that America is about to go through a renaissance in terms of energy production. Then they're going to then they're going to get rid of all nuclear energy. So then they're going to give a a bill of rights that guarantees cradle to grave, womb to the tomb, pretty much everything. These are the platitudes, the bumper stickers, the false promises that socialists make every time they come into power. Talk to people that were part of the resistance and the revolution down in Cuba when Fidel came to power. And his murderous regime comes in and what the people were promised. Look at Venezuela, as rich as they are with all their resources or the former Soviet Union and communism. But every time it's tried, it fails because it destroys any form of human incentive. The reason that America has been the great wealth creator, the reason that America, through its creativity and ingenuity, It is incentivized by a desire of people to dig deep within themselves, find their talents, fill voids wherever they can, and provide goods and services that people want, need, and desire and are willing to pay for. You know, if you've decided, if we didn't have washers and dryers and we still did it the old-fashioned way, and today you decide you came up with a washing machine that you could just plug in and do your wash— and go do other chores and then come back and throw it in the dryer, you're going to get pretty wealthy because washing clothes the old-fashioned way and then putting them out on a clothesline was not exactly a fun chore. If if we didn't have freezers and refrigerators, you know, holding those big blocks of ice that people would freeze, that, that was a chore every day. If you didn't have running water and you had to go to the well every day and take out buckets of water and put in a bath and heat up the water first, that would kind of suck in something we're not used to. So the reason that we have created a standard of living, not only do we create them, you know, not only do does does the Model T get built, but it's built in a way where everybody eventually can afford a car. We're like a throw. It's like Alvin Toffler, future shock. We throw away cars that are perfectly good. Well, the good part about that is people that don't have a lot of money, like me when I was in my 20s, well, I get to buy that cheap, good car and keep it for a lot of years, and I have a car. 
at a pretty low price. That's capitalism that creates wealth even for many of the poorest among us. And having been in many, you know, Techwood homes, Peppermill, you know, Techwood, one of the first housing projects, government housing projects ever built. And it all sounds so amazingly fair and, and good. And it takes all your fears, which psychologically so many people live in fear. I don't live in fear. Fear to me is the opposite. If you have any faith in life at all, fear is the antithesis of faith. You gotta, you can't live your life in fear. If you live your life in fear, you're never going to walk out of your house. You just, you you have to take chances in life. Your first day on the job, you're going to be nervous. Your first day on a new job, you're going to be nervous. The first time you go to a new school, you're going to be nervous. The first time you play a sport, you're going to be nervous. The first time you play a competitive sport, you're really going to be nervous. And you just, you keep building up confidence with each time you take that leap off the high board and then you realize, wow, this is fun. I like playing sports. I like this new job. I like this new school. Then you make friends and your life changes, but it doesn't change if you don't take the risk. Everybody that has created something, you know, you don't get money just because you even risk creating goods and services that people want, need, and desire. There's no guaranteed outcome. Many businesses fail. So here comes... A bunch of politicians like they have in so many other countries and so many other times in different variations. Now they're going to get rid of the combustion engine, all fossil fuels. They're going to put up charging stations for the little baby box Priuses they're going to want us to drive. They're going to guarantee a family sustaining wage, family leave, medical leave, vacations. Everyone gets to go to Hawaii once a year, I guess. You know, retirement security. All your retirement is there. Whether you have to pay for it or not, obviously not. Well, now they've screwed up K through high school education, public education, government schools. Now, now they want to take over college. They'll pay, guarantee your college, guarantee you healthy food. We're going to have to get rid of cows because cows, you know, they emit CO2 gases with, because of their flatulence. No more cows. That's going to leave your diet. By the way, if you want to invest in something, you may want to consider buying cows now. Because steak prices will go really high at some point in 10 years. And then they're going to make you rebuild your home and rebuild every building and retrofit every building to meet, you know, minor significant changes in things. But we're going to get rid of airplanes, too. And we're going to, well, and we're going to build high speed trains. I can't wait to see the high speed train that's going to take me to Australia. Is it going to be above the water or below the water? How are they going to pay for that? And then the high-speed train to Europe. And the high-speed train to... This is insane. And so many people support this. This is a form of insanity. It is beyond a caricature. You know, we're going to ban the lifeblood of every economy. Energy, which we have more of than anybody else... And we're literally on the verge of economic growth and prosperity we've never experienced. I'm talking about Saudi Arabia money because we are the we are the Middle East of natural gas. And now that we're tapping into our oil resources, well, the good news about that is that's going to create high paying jobs and opportunities and careers for people 
that is going to change their lives dramatically when truck drivers are trained to get a hundred grand, a hundred thousand dollars plus a year. And Democrats, they want to end the Senate filibuster so they can vote on the Green New Deal. Go ahead. Mitch McConnell, let him do it. Vote for cloture. I would say the Republicans put it for an up or down vote. It makes sense. Well, what doesn't make sense is you're going to destroy the single greatest wealth creating system in the world. People are born. They have innate talents and and gifts. And they use those gifts if they can live in freedom, if they live in liberty, if they work hard. And you'll also get all of this, by the way, whether you're unwilling to work, you're guaranteed it all. That's your new extreme radical Democratic Party. And then they want to tax everything, 70 to 90 percent. And after you pay taxes, they want another bite at the apple. And then when you die, they want another 50 percent. Well, that's just going to, you know what it's going to do? New York, I'll get into this later. New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California losing population in droves. America will then be next if they do this to America. What they've done to these big liberal blue states. So you don't think the public's going to see anything? You think it's $40 million, Mueller investigated it, and that's it? No, but the rules of the department, just put yourself, put yourself in the president's shoes. Let's say we investigate you guys, and it comes out, you're witness in the subject, you cooperate transparently, and we take all those facts, and we say, you know, there's nothing here. The idea that you would take that information and make it public, you know, violates the whole concept of the grand jury. What's the grand jury for? To protect the innocent. And by the way, I've read thousands of grand juries, and I it does protect the innocent. I mean, maybe one in ten cases you would bring, but you would investigate. So, I mean, I talk about organized crime, public corruption. You, I mean, you you come you come close to really awful stuff. But is it a crime? Is it prosecutable? No. Does that ever get reported? No. So you're saying when Mueller's report drops, it's going to be a flop. You're you're saying. We're not going to. Well, I will be shocked if, if anything regarding the president is made public other than we're done. We did the very best we could to bring it home. I think it is coming home, and I think it's coming home in the same shape. And, you know, and then, you know, there are people in the press say, well, he must have some surprise. He doesn't have, I know exactly what he has. I know exactly what every witness said, what every document said. Is I know exactly what he has, and I know what I know what you know what the what the conclusion or the result is. What does he have? What's the result? What's the conclusion? Decline. There's no basis. There's no exposure. It's been a terrible waste of time. What's worse is let's get on the other side of this. How it all happened. This is one of the greatest frauds this country's ever seen, and I'm just shocked that Bob Mueller didn't call it that way and say, I'm being used. I would have done that. If I were in his shoes in this thing, I'd have gone to, the, I'd have gone to Sessions and Rosenstein and said, look, this is nonsense. We are being used by a cabal and the FBI. 
Wow. Powerful statements, by the way. That is John Dowd, the former attorney for Donald Trump, uh, making a pretty bold prediction on ABC News. We do have a lot of deep state news on our Hannity Deep State Watch today. Uh, among the among the big list we have is now we have a situation where, thanks to the Freedom of Information Act, we have discovered that, remember when the Anthony Weiner laptop issue came up? And we've been investigating this for a long time. When that came up first, look at what happened. Oh, no, they, they wanted to push it all under the rug. Now we find out that there are a bunch of emails being passed back and forth, including with Lisa Page and going to Peter Strzok and all the same figures where they were trying to negotiate a deal whereby the FBI would get certain things that they wanted from the State Department. And in return, they would declassify certain emails that were classified that were on Uma Abedin's husband's laptop which, of course, means that that is a violation of the Espionage Act. And secondly, she had claimed under oath, Uma Abedin, that she didn't know about Hillary's server. Now, on top of that, the news yesterday was huge. A bipartisan Senate committee investigating all of this Trump-Russia collusion. Well, they have found nothing. And the media that's been peddling these lies, well, guess what? That means they're wrong. And don't forget that that Senate committee had the same interviews, had the same access to the same intelligence, probably even more than that which Robert Mueller ever had access to. All the networks are being pretty much silent on all of this, and they probably need to be because the Democrats are about to lose their big Russia collusion issue as a 2020 campaign issue. And then we have another problem, and that is we now know from Devin Nunes last night that are, in fact, going to be referred for criminal charges for their lying to Congress. Congress incidents and FISA abuse, as we also await the Inspector General Michael Horowitz report on FISA abuse and John Uber's report on all of the leaks that came out. Anyway, joining us now, David Schoen, civil liberties attorney, also a criminal defense attorney. Greg Jarrett, his paperback is out. The Russia hoax was the number one New York Times bestseller. It has a new chapter in it. Uh, thank you both. Uh, also, David, I'll start with you. We have this other issue that nobody seems to be talking about, and that's Norm Eisen. Uh, and that is the Obama's ethics chief accusing Trump of violating emoluments um, clause. Why don't you explain what that is and what he's doing and who he is? Right. It's an absolutely huge story, and I'm glad to see that you're breaking it. Emoluments clause. That's right. Uh, there's a domestic and a foreign emoluments clause. They essentially provide in the Constitution uh, one sound in Article One, one sound in Article Two. But putting, putting all that aside, they provide that the president uh, has a fixed salary, and which this president doesn't even take, and uh, is, isn't to benefit financially while he is in office from outside interest, investments, etc. There have been a number of lawsuits brought uh, challenging the president under the emoluments clause. Now, what's happened is Jerry Nadler of the House Judiciary Committee has just hired Norm Eisen, who was Obama's ethics lawyer and ambassador to the Czech Republic, and Barry Burke, a lawyer in New York. Eisen and Burke have led the charge of all lawyers in attacking President Trump on a number of grounds. Uh, uh, Eisen is the chairman of a group called CREW, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. He's the chairman of the group, and as a lawyer, he filed a complaint against the president in federal court in front of Judge Daniels in the Southern District of New York as a lawyer in the case. Um, that case was dismissed, thrown out. Eisen afterwards has vowed in another case in Washington to continue going after Trump on the emoluments clause. Eisen and Burke 
have written 168-page articles in the second edition now, um, making a case as to why the president committed an obstruction of justice. These are absolute attack dogs against the president. Now, how can the Judiciary Committee possibly hire them on taxpayer dollars, given the agenda? They're following in Mueller's footsteps by hiring lawyers with an agenda set out ahead of time. They've already reached their conclusion. They've attacked and convicted the president before they even start. Remember, we heard from these committees, uh, Mr. Whitaker and Mr. Barr, that they should be questioned because of their bias, because they made a comment or wrote a memo about the Mueller investigation. These two, Eisen and Burke, that read their Twitter feeds. They're filled with attacks on the president that he's guilty of everything under the sun. And now they're being uh, appointed as investigators for the House Judiciary Committee. It's an absolute outrage. And every member of the Judiciary Committee should demand a hearing, haul them in there and question about it. Think about this. Eisen was the ethics lawyer for President Obama. He still has an interest in these ongoing uh, lawsuits against President Trump. Is he now going to use congressional resources to advance the investigation and the interests of his clients in the... Well, it wouldn't surprise us, would it? Because as now the Senate Intelligence Committee wraps up their investigation uh, in a bipartisan way with no evidence of any Trump-Russia collusion, well, now the Democrats begin the whole process all over again in the House, which which is pretty unbelievable to me. Uh, Greg Jarrett... Uh, Look, if you want to talk about the emoluments clause, that's fine. But there's also another issue, and that is the Freedom of Information Act information that came out as it relates to Anthony Weiner's laptop and James Comey's actions just before the election when they found these emails that they didn't know existed. But they were on that laptop. They were classified. And they're having email exchanges with State Department officials that are offering something of value if they would declassify them. After the fact. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's the equivalent of bribery and obstruction. Let me say this about emoluments, because I talk about it in my book. The law is very clear. Uh, Emoluments do not uh, pertain to pre-existing businesses. If, If it were otherwise, the first five presidents of the United States would be guilty of emoluments. It's not what the framers intended when they wrote it in the Constitution. The Supreme Court has said as much. So Norm Eisen doesn't know what he's talking about, and the others who filed these emoluments lawsuits don't know what they're talking about either. Maybe if they read my book, they'd understand it. But you're right. Um, you know, this using uh, your public uh, position under Secretary of State to offer the equivalent of a bribe um, to the FBI to take a top-secret classified document and doctor it so that it looks like it's unclassified to protect Hillary Clinton and Uma Abedin. I mean, that's obstruction of the FBI investigation. It's it's bribery. And, you know, I was talking about it last night with you and Alan Dershowitz, and Dershowitz said, well, there wasn't an exchange of money. It didn't actually happen. Under the bribery statute, it's a thing of value, not money. And second of all, attempt to obstruct or attempt to bribe is sufficient uh, for a criminal indictment. Where do you think we are now after the Senate Intelligence Committee bipartisan report says we found no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion? Why would that have more weight or credibility than, say, the Mueller report? Or does this indicate where the Mueller report ends up? Because John Dowd, the former attorney for the president, we heard him say that he doesn't even think Mueller's ever going to say a word and 
not write a report at all. Because the Intelligence Committee has direct access to top-secret classified information that Mueller does not necessarily have access to. Uh, their investigation is longer, uh, two years, 200-plus witnesses, 300,000 pages of documents they've examined, uh, and they've come up with nothing. They could have saved themselves two years just by reading my book. It reached the same You're getting a lot of plugs in for that book today. I mean, but <laughs> well, apparently your book is being read by people in Congress because it was quoted in a recent hearing, I think, by Congressman McClintock. Yeah, you know, the facts, the evidence, and the law uh, are all in favor of the president. There's no evidence that he colluded in the bowels of the Kremlin with Vladimir Putin to steal the election. But there is evidence, as you pointed out many times, Sean, of Hillary Russian collusion. She paid for phony Russian information and then delivered it to the FBI and the Department of Justice to frame Donald Trump. And, and the DOJ and FBI knew it was fabricated. So are we they now getting care. to the point where we might find a little equal justice, David, shown an equal application of our laws with Devin Nunes saying criminal referrals are coming down for people with FISA abuse and those that lied to Congress? I hope so. It's up to the new attorney general. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm still, I remain a skeptic. You asked the question, what significance should we have on this bipartisan report now by the Senate? They found no collusion. If you're an American who cares about America, it should end this thing once and for all so the country can move on with the country's business, both domestic and foreign. But you know that it won't because there are too many personal agendas driving things. And the fact that they came up with no evidence means that Jerry Nadler and his crew want to now take center stage and try to either come up with evidence or Mueller uh, is going to have to justify his existence. It's time to drop it and move on. Donald Trump didn't win the election because of Russia. How many times do people have to spend hard-earned money and hire attorneys and go before these committees and and testify and spend days and days preparing for all of this, where you begin to say, you pay my legal fees. I can't afford this. Well, Real quick. That, that should be the case, it seems to me. Um, this has always been an investigation in search of a crime, which is really an abuse of the legal process. All right, stay right um, there, Greg. Hang on, we'll continue. Greg Jarrett and uh, David Schoen, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We'll come back on the other side and pick this up. All right, as we continue with attorney uh, David Schoen and other attorney, Fox News contributor, Russia hoax author, uh, Greg Jarrett is with us. Now, the only thing I want to see is I want to see the pre-dawn raids. How many people do we know, Greg Jarrett, that lied to Congress? How many people do we know that are guilty of committing a fraud on the FISA court that haven't been held accountable? When are they going to get the pre-dawn raid with the amphibious vehicles, the artillery trucks and full, you know, full on SWAT gear? and guns drawn in the face of Roger Stone, Paul Manafort for what are ostensibly process crimes. When is that going to happen to Hillary? We know committed crimes. Selective and unequal prosecution now has become the mantra at the Department of Justice and U.S. attorneys' offices. And it's a shame. Um, Are you saying you don't think it's going to happen? Well, I, you know, I am optimistic now that William Barr uh, will be confirmed as the Attorney General and Lindsey Graham as chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I think they will make a serious effort to get to the bottom of this and hold people accountable. But to answer your question, I have more than a dozen people on my list who have either allied to the FISA court or okay. lied to Congress. How, what are their names? Well, let's just begin with the Hillary Clinton case. Um, you know, you've got uh, Cheryl Mills and uh, Uma Abedin, 
who uh, made serious and repeated false statements and yet were never prosecuted, instead given immunity. The five people who signed off on a faulty, deficient uh, FISA warrant, that's James Comey, Sally Yates, Andrew McCabe, Dana Buente, and uh, Rod Rosenstein. And then you add in the others, Lisa Page. Peter well, what Strzok, about, what about, all right, Struck Page. James uh, Baker's under uh, criminal investigation. So, yeah, I haven't, that's at least. And, and maybe people. Clapper and Brennan? Well, well, Clapper's, unfortunately, this five-year statute of limitations already ran on Clapper. He should have been prosecuted criminally. He wasn't. Uh, all right, let John me give. Brennan? Yeah. We'll wait and see. Last word, David Cho. Listen, I, I'm so glad today that you broke this story about what's happening in the House Judiciary Committee. I hope you're going to stay on top of it. It's a vitally important uh, subject for America. Americans who want to see a president investigated ought to demand that the investigation have integrity, be neutral and unbiased. And we have never seen that with this Mueller or now the House Judiciary Committee. It's wrong. Americans must protest. All right. Thank you both for being with us. We appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right. 25 now till the top of the hour. Uh, we're going to get to your calls this half hour. First, we wanted to bring back for a couple of minutes uh, Congressman Steve Scalise. Uh, remember the victim of an almost fatal shooting. Remember when the Republicans were practicing for the congressional baseball game and the killer, a Democrat, Bernie supporter, which, by the way, I don't blame Bernie Sanders for, but if it was the opposite, they would do that. Uh, anyway, came pretty close. Um, we saw such heroism from the Capitol Police that day uh, who were escorting Congressman Scalise. And, um, you know, it's not a really good way for Democrats to start off the majority. And they're actually suppressing the opportunity for Steve Scalise to tell his story because Steve Scalise believes that people are bad and that guns in and of themselves don't shoot themselves. And I just wanted to check in. What happened with you and and Congress and testifying? Hey, Sean, uh, appreciate the opportunity. You know, there was a bill that's moving through Congress right now. It's H.R. 8, and it's a bill that deals with gun control measures. You know, they're touting it as a background check bill, but they were having a hearing on the bill and on the concept of, of gun violence. And Doug Collins, the Republican lead on the committee, wanted me to be one of the people that would testify on the Republican side. And typically when members of Congress want to testify, they always present that venue. When we were in power, we did that. Previously, they did it. And for whatever reason, the new chairman, Democrat chairman of the committee, uh, refused to let me have that same venue to testify. And, you know, Sean, it's kind of perplexing when you think about it. But frankly, I'm sure very few people watched the actual committee hearing. A lot more people heard about what I was going to say because they didn't know how many stayed in the committee hearing. Well, what so is it? What, what, what is it? They don't. And I know you published this on FoxNews.com. I saw it there first. Um, what is it they don't want to hear that you don't blame the gun for the shooting that took place that nearly took your life? Right. I mean, I, I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, and really, it, it predates the Constitution. You know, the, there's a reason the founders didn't initially put it in the Constitution because they thought that gun rights were just an assumed right, and ultimately they saw some threats, and so they they added. Uh, when they were putting the Bill of Rights together, they added a real constitutional protection for law-abiding citizens to defend themselves. And it was always about self-defense, not just uh, to be in the Army or the military. And the Supreme Court addressed that. Unfortunately, it was a 5-4 to four decision. It should have been 9-0. to oh. But regardless, uh, their, their bill, H.R. 8, among other things, Sean, will do this. 
if you loan your gun to a friend of yours to go to a shooting range, under their bill, you would go to jail for a year and face up to a $100,000 fine. That's the kind of gun control that's in their bill. What, what, you know, do, you, what, do, you mean lower your, what do you mean lower your gun? Loan, if you loan it. Oh, if you loaned a gun to a friend of yours who wanted to try it out at a range? Exactly. Or think about this, Sean. Let's say a friend of yours comes to you and says that her boyfriend is beating her up, and she wants to borrow your gun because she's afraid he's going to come and, and do her harm. And she doesn't have a gun of her own, so she has to borrow yours. That act, once she leaves your presence and she goes back to her house to defend herself against a boyfriend that's beating her up, you would now be subject to a year in federal prison and a $100,000 fine for that, Sean. That's just insanity. So, look, this is the type of thing, though, that's not going anywhere. This is, these are House Democrats posturing because the Republicans aren't going to support it in the Senate. Uh, or at least I don't think so. Do you think that has any chance of passing? I don't think they will. I don't think they will, Sean. But the important point is when this bill comes to the House floor in the next few weeks, the mainstream media isn't going to tell you what I just told you. What the mainstream media is going to say is, oh, this is just about making sure that everybody goes through a background check so that bad people don't get guns. You know, and you don't want bad people to get guns, and neither do I. Well, but I hate to, I, I don't, I don't mean to break it to you, that. but... If it weren't, listen, what those two Capitol Police officers did that saved your life that day, what they did is honestly one of the most courageous acts of bravery because when you have a guy that has cover and if he was any decent rifle shooter, uh, he's got a rifle, he's got cover, and they're walking out with pistols in the middle of a baseball field. That's called being a sitting duck. That's called being yeah, a target. Yeah, he got the element of surprise too. He had a he had a semi-automatic right. rifle. The fact that they the element of surprise. The fact that they walked out there. Yeah, I mean it was and an act of bravery. The fact that David Bailey and Crystal Griner were there with handguns, but trained, highly trained, highly skilled, and incredibly brave. Both of them were, and you know this, Sean, but for your listeners that don't, both David Bailey and Crystal Griner were shot during the shootout and kept going after the shooter. They didn't cower away. They went towards the danger. They saved my life. They saved everybody else's life there, over a dozen member of con- members of Congress and other uh, volunteers that were on that ball field. They saved all of us and took the shooter down. Uh, unbelievable heroism and miracles. I got to tell you, really, uh, thank God they were there that day. And nobody really knows, and I had sources at the time telling me that first day you got something like 19 transfusions, and it was very touch or go for a while, and there was a chance you weren't going to make it. Yeah, it was it was a few different points that first 24 hours where wow. I almost didn't make it. Uh, just so you'll know, and I got to see the side of President Trump and the First Lady Melania came to the hospital that night and it helped give a lot of comfort and relief to my wife, Jennifer, there at the hospital when nobody knew if I was going to make it. Well, I would have uh, donated you know, blood for you, but, but they would have rejected my blood, you know, so. <laughs> uh, but I would have offered. Well, Vice President Pence donated blood that, that next day. It was... Uh, it was wonderful to see the goodness of people, though, Sean, because yeah, I was a deranged it. gunman. But we saw the goodness of people. And it was people with guns that saved my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about s- spreading this message. You know, I was always a defender of the Second Amendment, but I got to see how 
people with guns were able to stop a bad person with a gun. And if they wouldn't have had those guns there, we wouldn't be here today. And nobody else should lose that ability. H.R. 8 will help do it. We all need to keep speaking out against it. And if they bring it to the floor, everybody who votes for it is voting to do those things, to send you to federal prison. If you loan your gun to a friend who's being beaten by our boyfriend, you would be a felon. Uh, you know something, if something happens, you know, who then takes on the, the responsibility? But Congressman, thanks. I'm glad uh, they actually helped get your message out more, in my opinion. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. Unbelievable. All right. Thanks, Sean. Uh, great being with you. All right. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free uh, telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right. I promised we'll get to a lot of your phone calls here. Uh, as we say hi to Dave in Texas. Dave, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hello there, Mr. Hannity. How are you? Thanks for your time and uh, taking my call. Thank you. Hey, uh, I sure sure enjoy listening to your show and uh, uh, watching you on TV at night also. Uh, just real quick, I know it's uh, um, a quick phone call here. Uh, just kind of calling in on the wall, obviously living in Texas and San Antonio area, there's a, a big talk of that, of course. Um, and just a few things I always think about with that wall. It's uh, obviously a fence with gate uh, and some of the things we deal with on a daily basis uh, being in, in our beautiful country is when we go to movies, we have to go through turnstiles. We go to the Spurs, we have to go through turnstiles. We have show tickets at the airport and get searched and so on and so forth. And we are guided through our daily lives. Uh, and just uh, something that we, we talk about on a daily basis, uh, you know, at home and at work, is that uh, this wall is to, to help America be safe again. And uh, finishing the wall is a huge deal uh, uh, in my mind and a lot of people's minds. And one thing to think about is that we're asking for $5 billion to, to finish this wall. And if you ever thought about it, if you look at the, the new L.A. Rams stadium and you look at the dollar amount that they're, built, that they're putting into that thing, it's $4.9 billion to finish the L.A. stadium. And, the and how much are the taxpayers? is paying her that money. Uh, well, it looks like the uh, looking at the owners uh, are putting up a little bit of that. The taxpayers are paying the rest. Uh, so the majority of it is coming from the taxpayers, and uh, ownership is uh, putting in a portion. But uh, uh, obviously, uh, for a football stadium, and I love my football, uh, I love all my sports. But uh, when it comes to my country, I love my country more, and uh, the safety of my family and my kids, and of course the people of the United States, both sides of the border. You know, it, ra it raises a good question because I'm not against public and private partnerships of some kind. There was a recent announcement, Long Island City, which is <clears throat> in Queens, New York, where Amazon was going to build new headquarters, is looking to build new headquarters, and they were going to get 25,000 probably pretty good jobs, although Jeff Bezos is not known as somebody that is particularly generous with his employees. Mm-hmm. But to get this, they literally, what's at stake here is New York City and State was going to issue $3 billion in tax breaks and other incentives that the, that gave Amazon, when they agreed to give Amazon, you know, this amount of money. Now, here's the problem. I definitely want those jobs for the people of Long Island City. I, I want the 25,000 jobs. But why did they get to give one company all of these tax breaks? What about every other company and every other business? You know, there are guys in, in New York, all over New York, they sell food on a corner, hot dog stands all over the place. Uh, you're going to give those guys an equivalent of a tax break? Or are you just going to give it to your big corporate wealthy buddies because you make a big splash and look at this, we got 25 5,000 new jobs, and, and you get to take credit for it when you're using the taxpayer's money to incentivize one company, but you treat every other company in New York differently. So, and the same goes with sports stadiums. I think issues like this, you have a referendum pro, uh, 
uh, process in California, and if people decide to vote that in, okay, that's up to them. But you're right. This, uh, there's something wrong if we're treating people differently, especially when it comes to, you know, tax dollars. Although if you make, you know, if you can make a the case that, okay, this is going to bring in more revenue in the end, and it's better for the city and the state, and there's all sorts of other monies that are going to be used, then it's certainly, you can make the argument. But at the end of the day, nobody else is getting that Amazon deal. Everyone talks about the rich getting richer. Well, that's Democrats helping the rich get richer. And New York would be super rich if, you know, Governor Cuomo would just open up fracking in upstate New York, while Pennsylvania is literally, you know, drowning in money from natural gas that they're literally stealing from New York. I'm sure some of that New York gas is going right into Pennsylvania's coffers. New York already sends the most money to Washington, D.C. of any other state. New York sends more money to Washington than any other state. Forty states get more than they give. So not only is it a policy of redistribution, you're taking from the 10 donor states and you're giving to 40 states. 10 states contribute, 40 states take more than they put in. How do you possibly justify that in terms of equity, fairness, justice on any level? How is this fair? Literally 10 support 40. It's simple. No one hunts with an assault rifle. No one needs 10 bullets to kill a deer. Oh, my favorite line. Nobody needs 10 bullets to kill a deer. Linda, I think you could probably mock that pretty well. Nobody needs 10 bullets to kill a deer. A deer. My favorite. Uh, Never gets old. Oh, what's great about this is you got the governor of New York whining about redistribution. How is that fair? That that's not whining, states. that's his regular talking voice. Okay, no, he's whining because of redistribution. Meanwhile, in his own state, you have full and complete redistribution. You see, he just doesn't like it when it's happening to him. Meanwhile, those are his policies. That is the Democratic Party mantra. And maybe, based on what Cuomo was saying, maybe we re- need to now revisit the progressive income tax code in the state of New York and nationally where... Oh, 20% of people pay 90% of the bill and 50% of people pay less than 2% of the income tax bill. And based on what Governor Cuomo just said there, you know, how are we going to be fair about this? What is, this isn't fair. Exactly where is his accent from? Because that is the most bizarre New York accent I have ever heard. Nah, it's weird because he talks a lot like his, his dad used to talk. Is that right? Yeah. His brother doesn't talk like that. Yeah, a little bit. They, I, I hear a little bit of the Governor dad Cuomo's of got He's got a special accent, all his own. But the, but the point is clear. He hates redistribution. He hates the fact that one state pays more than other states. Well, that's exactly what you're doing to the taxpayers. You have 20% of the population paying pretty much all of the taxes. You know, you get the, the top 20%. That's it. That's the big chunk of money. New York, New York, you're just getting what you you paid for. That's what you're getting. You're getting your coffee, the way you talk about things. You're getting exactly the what what you do to others now happening to you. That's Is that how happening. you sounded before you became an American Pre- radio host? Yeah, pretty much. Had to work hard on that, Sean. That's talk how radio, you sounded when you were painting houses coffee. and washing dishes. Let me tell you one other thing about this thing. You know, 
<laughs> there are some tapes of you, I will say. Yeah, you don't have them, though. I, I do. No, you don't. I have a couple. I, I have. And I have the EIP have, drop the mic moment, which is now the that I know we have. I have the it, I have the library now, and I've actually actually found recently doing a lot of cleanup. I have found all my old tapes. Go, this is going back to Santa Barbara. Do I play them when you go into the woods? Never. And I'm like, I'm even saying to myself, why am I saving these? Nobody is ever going to go back and listen to it. I can't see my kids one day saying, I want to listen to 20, uh, 30 years of dad's radio. Nobody's going to want it. Your grandkids will. No, they'll listen to one tape and say, wow, he was a nut. Pretty much. By then, they'll be indoctrinated into full, complete socialists. They'll sound just like uh, Andrew Cuomo. Nobody needs two bullets to kill a deer. We'll be down to that at that point. All right, got to take a break. We'll come back. News Roundup Information Overload Hours next. All right, News Roundup Information uh, Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. You know, we don't get enough good news out there. But, I mean, you look at all the record numbers in the economy, record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Our vets are going back to work. Uh, 5.3 million new jobs. Around 600,000 of those jobs are manufacturing jobs. In other words, jobs that we were told by President Obama were never coming back. Uh, An article out, new data today, more than 1.4 million households have dropped off food stamps since Donald Trump's first full month in office in February 2017. Remember, in the eight years of Obama, 13 million Americans were added to the food stamp rolls. We have a million more people out of poverty. And we're also watching and witnessing a mass migration in the country that nobody's really talking about. Uh, If you look at Americans now are continuing their march out of these high-taxed, highly regulated states like New York, and they're going to low-tax states like Florida and Texas, where they don't even have a state income tax. Last year alone, 2018, uh, we see Texas gained more than 379,000 residents. Florida gained more than 322,000. New York lost another 50,000. Illinois, 45,000. Same pretty much in New Jersey, California. Um, And you see these low-tax states are picking up, you know, look, the biggest losers. New York, uh, California, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, Rhode Island, West Virginia. And they're all high-tax states. And uh, now we have uh, the all-new radical extreme Democratic Socialist Party and uh, Ocasio-Cortez's New Green Deal, supported by about 100 other Democrats that we know of now. And we welcome back to the program Bill O'Reilly. And by the way, his book, Killing the SS, has uh, been a massive runaway bestseller now for many, many months. Uh, congratulations. How are you? I'm the same, Hannity, which is tragic for everyone, I think. <laughs> you know, so O'Reilly and I go into a restaurant not that long ago. We walk in. O'Reilly is, you know, six foot ten. He's like, how tall are you? I'm six four, but I just 
seem bigger because I'm intellectually uh, so fit. <laughs> okay. So I'm six feet. I'm dead on six feet tall. And we want, but, you know, he looks like a giant. It's not like I can go somewhere in a baseball hat and glasses and hide. You can't hide wherever you go. And so, you know, it's funny. We walked into a restaurant in Long Island, a very good Italian place, um, and I, there was almost a riot. Well, give, in the a, give him a, pl- a plug, La Pizzetta. It's a great place. Yeah, I mean, I, I had an unbelievable linguine and white clam sauce. That was so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, two Irish guys walking in for a plate of spaghetti, and then all of a sudden, the whole place erupts. So it was pretty fun. And by the way, you're an Irish guy. He doesn't even. You never had. You don't drink at all. No, I never have. No drinks, no drugs. So I can't hang out with Kamala Harris and listen to Tupac. (laughs) No, I I think she's claimed it was Snoop Dogg, but that wasn't the error, which was pretty funny. Another Democratic lie. All right. So look at what uh, this new Green Deal is about. We're going to I'll just get your take on it. You're following it. Our audience knows what's in it. Yeah, on BillOReilly.com, I do a uh, message of the day every day, and then we do, of course, the newscast at night. But I come at it from a historical point of view, and I, I think this is being overlooked. So uh, Mitch McConnell, the uh, head of the Senate, is smart. He's going to force the Senate to vote on the new Green Deal. Okay, so that puts the Democratic senators in a bad position. If they vote yes, then they can get scorned by people like you and me because it's so crazy. And if they vote no, then the progressive wing and the Twitter mob attacks them. So it's worth noting that Booker, Warren, uh, Klobuchar and uh, Gillibrand have all said, yeah, we're, we're on board with the Green New Deal. Now, here's what everybody should understand. Throughout history... When democracies are overthrown by totalitarians, the totalitarians always need a reason. They create a disaster and that the government has to do this or Italy is going to fall off the face of the earth. So Mussolini is going to be the guy that solves your problems in China uh, Mao is going to come in and, and he's going to solve everything because we're in such bad condition. So totalitarians use disasters to seize power. If you look at the socialistic wing of the Democratic Party, they're telling you that the world is going to end soon because of global warming. Wait a minute. Twelve years, Ocasio-Cortez says. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know if her calculator is accurate, but um, she might be doing the new math. Anyway, they're, they're basically the chicken little wing of the Democratic Party is telling you that you're going to drown or your kids are going to be scorched to death, and it's coming faster than you could possibly imagine. So we... The, the federal government have to start to regulate every part of your life, not just climate, but everything you do in order to stand off this climate change. So they're creating this panic. All right. That's what's done in every single totalitarian country. So Cory Booker then says, well, you can't eat meat. And no, I, I can't eat meat. The meat industry is just so much stuff in the air and the cows and oh, no more meat. And then everybody has to have a job, a green job. And the government's going to give you that job and pay you a great wage. 
So we'll take over employment. We're going to take over dieting. All right, we're going to tell you what you can and can't eat. Then we're going to take over the medical industry because I don't know how that ties into global warming. I, I might have to do with, with uh, sunblock. I don't know, but that's attached to it. We'll take the uh, medical system over, and, of course, we're going to take the educational system over because the kids got to know about global warming. So we're going to tell the teachers what they can and can't say. So this is what they want. There has never been a socialist country in the history of the planet that has been a democracy. Well, there's, but what the sad part is, and you got to look at the reverse of this, there's never been a governmental system, and it's not perfect, that has been the biggest wealth creator than capitalism as no, of course not. And, and that's it why opportunity of course why, why do you think people are trying to break in here <laughs> exactly <laughs> come on i mean of course not but they, that's not the goal see the socialist movement believes that capitalism is unjust no what they the think is is people no they think and this is political for them that capitalists are pillaging the planet for profit. And I'll ask you through the prism of, of history in which you're, you're looking at this, because every single time they have the slogans, they have the platitudes, they have the bumper stickers, they make the promises, kind of like the most recent example, keep your doctor, keep your plan, pay less. That didn't work out well. So they are now telling us that in 10 years, we will have no fossil fuel energy, no nuclear energy whatsoever. There'll be no more airplanes. We won't have the combustion engine. They're going to have us charge up some Prius or something. But every American will be guaranteed a job, family sustaining wage, family medical leave, uh, vacations, yeah. on and on. full retirement, college education, healthy food, uh, adequate housing that's safe and affordable. So your housing is is taken care of and an environment free of monopolies which is code word for uh we're going to take over industry and by right. removing the lifeblood of our economy which is energy they destroy the united states in less than a year absolutely they destroy the capitalistic system and they replace it with a socialism system based on social justice and income equality all you got to do is go to uh cuba which i did uh, in 2016. And uh, you see what the promises were, okay, made by Castro, Fidel Castro. And he promised everybody the socialistic nirvana. Government controls every single thing that people do. What kind of cars they can drive, where they can go, how long they can stay there. And everybody goes, well, we have free health care. We in Cuba have free health care. You know what the problem is? No doctors. Doctors are all here. Because you can't make any money as a doctor in Cuba. So they get educated there, and then they get out. So, you know, look, I just want Americans to understand that this isn't really a political play. The people don't, they, you know, they know they're not going to get this green agenda passed now. They, don't, they know it's, this is just the beginning. But the end game is for the federal government to control all industry every aspect of our lives is that a, is the end game okay that's the end and now add to that that they want to eliminate all private health care insurance with medicare for all right. that's bernie that's Gillibrand, that's kamala harris yep eliminate all fossil fuels 
They now have become the party, well, of late-term abortion, even during the birthing process, and in the case of the Virginia governor, well, after you deliver the baby, we'll make the baby comfortable, but then we'll let the mother decide whether the baby lives or dies. Uh, uh, They're now the party of rampant anti-Semitism. We saw the incidents of blackface, and then we got a lieutenant governor. They don't seem too concerned about even the charge of rape against him. hes I don't hear many saying, I believe, anymore, uh, which they use to bludgeon, of course, uh, uh, Justice Kavanaugh during his hearings. So a lot of hypocrisy. All right, hang on. Bill O'Reilly's with us. His book is um, uh, Killing the SS, uh, still in bookstores, a massive bestseller. I read some of this. There's a part of me that just wants to laugh at it because we're going to eliminate air travel. We're going to eliminate fossil fuels. That means the combustion engine is is in the scrap heap of history if they have their way. But in 10 years, they they plan to have high-speed trains built everywhere. How are they going to build that train to New Zealand and Australia or Europe? I'm I'm fascinated at how that's going to happen. Ocasio-Cortez is the um, media darling. And I I actually think she's very good for America because she spotlights all the things that are really hidden from a lot of us. That real powerful people like George Soros with billions of dollars to give away. What? She makes people pay attention to this insanity. You know, if you do a uh, survey in a mall and you say, do you want to ban uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, and airplanes, 100% of the people are going to laugh at you and say, no, what are you, an idiot? But the real underneath is government control, government control. They don't have any solutions. I mean, just this week we hit a $22 trillion debt, which is going to hurt everybody in this country. It's just a matter of when, not if. Just this week we hit it. If you put the socialists in charge, you're going to have an $80 trillion debt. You're going to have the inflation like they have in Venezuela. And you know what you're going to have? And I hate to say it, but you're going to have violence. Why do you, why do you say that? Country. What? Because when the government starts to confiscate income, as the socialists want, 70% income tax, death tax, they come in and take everything. You're going to have, and then people start losing their jobs as a transition is made into the electric car industry or whatever else they're going to mandate. And people don't have a lot of money. And then somebody breaks their hip and has to wait six months to get an operation like you do in Canada. You can have violence. You know, what's really people are Americans are not going to are not going to sit for it. But the problem is, is look at what's happening in states like New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California. Mass exodus. So, yeah. And then Cuomo goes to uh, Trump and goes, hey, um, you pass a law that doesn't allow us to deduct state and local taxes anymore. Can you do something about it? And if I were Trump, I'd look at him and go, well, why do you have, why are your taxes so high? Exactly. That's the answer. You know, you know, but it would happen. Don't you think that your own people and then you're coming to me for a handout? Don't you think, though, that um, here I've got to run a military, I've got to run a security apparatus and you can't even build roads in New York. Let me ask you this, though. Don't you think what's happening in these high tax states, highly regulated states and the mass exodus is only a preview of coming attractions if the extreme radical socialist democratic party gets in power and tries to implement this i think people then they they're going to take their money and they're going to look for a safe haven like when it happened in france all the wealthy people started moving to belgium like the next day 
And Great Britain. I mean, even the Beatles moved out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, why are you so still in New York? York is now running a what? Yeah. Three point five billion why are, dollar tax shortfall because so many wealthy people have moved out of here. Why the hell? Are, we're we're going to be the last ones now. here. They're going to take everything. I've got to go, but um, you raise a lot of great points. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, his latest book uh, bestseller, is uh, number one on the New York Times list. Uh, Killing the SS, uh, and uh, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it, and uh, hope you'll come back. Anytime, Sean. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Uh, the rest of our news roundup and your calls coming up straight ahead as we continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here. All right, let's do a little quiz here with, with Linda, because there are people, and if I turn out to be wrong. Is it a pop quiz? I didn't get a lot of heads up. It's a pop quiz. It's uh, I didn't give you any heads up because all you have to do is speak the truth, which of course I'd never tell a lie except when of I of course not when you told uh, Lauren. Oh my God! Please that that dopey dog of hers was going to be. First of all, the dog passed. The so dog passed because they, I was telling the truth. They used. They, they used a choke chain and shock uh, therapy. I've already asked you kindly not to talk to me about that because you know I hate it. Okay. I hate it. Well, I mean, you know, that's the funny thing. People, I love animals. You love animals. You like cats more than I do. I'm not a cat person. I love I'm all more... four-legged creatures. I, 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 granted. But it's funny if anybody ever tried to kill a puppy or a kitten that was born, what do you think would happen? People go nuts. Are we speaking about liberals? Yes. Or normal people? Liberals. So liberals care only about the things like, you know, like the canker worm. Right, the canker worm. Tran is obsessed with the canker worm. Right. The same woman that Same woman that wants to murder your babies at nine months. How late in the third trimester could a a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm Uh, talking about the mental health. So, I mean- through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay, but to the end of the third trimester. Yep, I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So, um, where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, um, that she is about to give a birth, would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman. I understand would make that. At that. I'm asking point. if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that. Yes. During the birth process. That's correct. When so you're as, dilating, as you're delivering, and you're doing, yeah. as you're breathing. Do that again. Because okay. I've gone through it, and I know how it sounds. It's more like ah than it is breathing. Yeah. Remember that, because you tried to get me on the phone while I was delivering, and I was like, "This is not a comfortable call." Trust uh, me, you don't yeah. want this phone call. Linda, right now three years ago was well, I was very pregnant and I was two weeks overdue and I was three days into my labor. Yeah, so I called and said, why don't we come on the air and see how Linda's doing? Yeah, that was not a good idea. And God bless my sister-in-law now, Lauren. Yeah. She, uh, you know, had the I, foresight to say, she, no, no, I don't think that's going to work. You know what? People would have loved it because there's nothing more beautiful than the birth. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like well, my maybe, my it, 10 it, decibel scream was uh was beautiful. It was absolutely no, exhilarating. So this is what is so unbelievable to me. Then you have the governor saying, "Well, we'll deliver the baby. We'll make the baby comfortable. Um if the baby is having trouble breathing, well the mother, she gets to decide whether to help resuscitate but don't you dare the baby. touch that canker worm. The same woman who Same person. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. What's your quiz? All right. So the quiz is, 
I said and stated before he ever got elected, when I was vetting Obama, Frank Marshall, Davis, Acorn, Olinsky, uh, the Church of GD America, Reverend Wright, Black Ayers. Liberation Th- Theology, Ayers and Dorn. What I concluded long before the election in 2008 was Obama was a rigid, radical ideologue whose policies would fail. Didn't I? And yes, I was you right. Did. Okay. Ad nauseum. Um, I can go back even earlier because I emceed the night Newt Gingrich became the Speaker of the House. And Republicans got control of the House for the first time in 40 years. And he was the architect. And I, I said he's going to keep his promises and they're going to vote on those items in the first hundred days. And they did. And many of them became law. Uh, I also predicted uh, a lot of other things. I, I predicted in the case of Obama, he would fail. We made a lot by by being by allowing due process. You know, we turned out to be right in a lot of high profile cases. Cambridge Police, George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin, Duke Lacrosse, UVA, uh, Ferguson, Missouri, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Everyone says those cops are going to be found guilty in the Freddie Gray case. I said, no, not happening. All of these cases, we're right. They're wrong. Rich, Richard Jewell. Linwood is now representing the kid with the MAGA hat. The Covington Catholic School Oh, yeah. He tweeted out the other day that he's suing Nathan Phillips for libel in terms of what he said about that kid. Now the tape is all out there. And Linwood is, he's the attorney. He he was Richard Jewell's attorney. I knew him then. I tell you what, Linwood really is exceptional, and you've always said that about him. But I will say, I'm really looking forward for the vindication for these kids because I... I was astonished at how these grown media anchors were talking about these 15-year-old kids. They're 15-year-old high school boys standing there. You've seen an edited tape. You didn't take the time to look into it. And now we have a situation on our hands where we haven't done any proper research, but we've already made the rush to judgment. They're 15. You can't. Death threats. Their families can't go to work. If I was on the list of companies, I'd call Linwood now. Absolutely. I'd fall on the sword. I'd say, what can I do to make it right? I want a public apology from all of them, starting with on well, Navarro. Well, he gave them an op- opportunity, but I bet if somebody hadn't heard about it, he would probably work something out with them. But all these people digging in their heel- heels, lawyering up, all Saying these big companies. they want to punch the kids in the face? Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, but then they want to talk about how they're all liberals and pacifists L- and nope. they're so accepting. Let me just warn you all. Linwood is going to kick your ass. Linwood is going to win. I'll have the pom-poms ready. He's a Georgia attorney. I've known him all these years. I've watched him work. And you know what's amazing? He knew I was the only one on the air in Atlanta that was suspect about the AJC, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's proclamation that Richard Jewell fit the the profile of the lone bomber because he lived with his mother. They ruined that guy's Listen, life. You they do, ruined his it's life. It's very, very hard to be the first. It's very hard to be the first. And then the only person asking for, let's just see all the evidence. I mean, how much do we dislike Michael Avenatti? But you were the only person to say, okay, let's wait to see all the evidence. The same justice By the way, Avenatti, that he would not give to Kavanaugh, you were willing to give to him. Uh, and, it, and it turned out Michael Avenatti was found innocent in three separate investigations. And there were people, th- ah, that made, because they hate Avenatti. Now, the point of this little exercise that we're going through here is, remember in 2016, Trump gets the nomination. You have never Trumpers, you have people on the fence, conservatives, 
saying worried that he was not going to govern as a conservative, that his promises about Supreme Court justices and tax cuts and deregulation and doing trade deals and and the border wall, all this. He wasn't going to keep his promises. Now, the list and I went out there like I always do, kind of alone sitting on a ledge, I kind of describe it sometimes as climbing the highest tree in the middle of winter and climbing out on the weakest, you know, branch, grabbing onto the smallest twig with a dead leaf. And that's me taking a position sometimes because people think I'm nuts. And I remember vetting Obama. Prominent people said, you're going to ruin your career. I'm like, well, I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, And I said, Donald Trump is going to govern as a conservative. I would say I've been proven right. Agreed? Yeah. Okay. I would say so. so last night, everybody's, well, what's Hannity saying? Because Hannity must know because they talk all the time. Well, number one, I don't reveal, I love to keep this a mystery because everybody that has written about my relationship with Donald Trump has gotten it wrong. Completely, utterly wrong. And so. When these journalists are looking for comments, well, what is the president going to do here? They come to me asking, I'm like, do your job. Now, I have sources because as a talk show host, we do reporting, some investigating reporting. We do news objectively a lot of times. Uh, We tell you the news of the day. I have sources that they don't have and it pisses them off. Uh, But I'm not going to reveal my sources or private conversations with a source. Would they do that? And I'm not going to reveal private conversations with friends. Would they do that? So that's what they want me to do. Now, I also give opinion because being a talk show host, you're like the whole newspaper. Being a journalist, well, you're supposed to only do straight news. We do it all. And, and Where do you find that these days? I haven't seen much of that lately. Yeah, it's everywhere. So here's my prediction that I made last night, and I've been making it for a while. I think Donald Trump, I don't know because they haven't even at the White House Before the start of the show, I checked. They hadn't even gotten the language for the so-called compromise because they're changing it up to the last second. I assume Democrats are putting poison pills in there so that the $1.375 billion for the wall is not going to be available to build the wall. They're going to put a million restrictions on it. That's what I suspect is going to happen. Now, that might put the president in a position to say, no, give me a clean CR. I'll give you more time. I either get that money or there's no deal. And that he'll fund the rest of the government. He'll figure out something to do. But my guess is if they allocate it, really, the 1.375, I guess the president, even though it's a crappy, horrible bill, would probably sign it to avoid the shutdown, continue government functions. Hey, well, what if, what if, may I? He vetoes it. I know you're on a roll. Yeah. May I interrupt you always for a interrupt moment? on a roll. I just want to put a little ham and cheese in that roll, just for a hot second, and then you can keep it moving. So... My my only thing is, I'm just saying. You want to cut the tomatoes. Go ahead. I like tomatoes. I like them cut properly. That's all. That's the difference between me and you. You know, you want to put them on sloppy. You want the lettuce hanging off. You know, I want it nice and Get neat. to your point. So, you listen, you digress. I come with you. So, all that to say, I just wonder if it's not... If it doesn't make more sense, did you have something you want? You're doing some uh, sign language here as I'm trying to get through my thoughts? If only the people of America could see us. So I really feel like if he signs this right now, it's a mistake. I think that he should forego the shutdown, do the CR, but not sign this. 
try to get a different deal. And if that can't work, wait, 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 wait. Hurry wait, up. Wait, wait. Get spit it out. Wait, wait. Very impatient man, ladies and gentlemen. I'm running out of time. Oh, I'm looking fine. at the clock you're so fine. I can finish my point. Don't Let's go. Don't worry. I'll keep you in Finish check. your point. So anyways, my thought process is that we take some of El Chapo's money. That was Ted Cruz's idea. I like that idea. I like this idea. Well, Congress would have to appropriate that. So that's that's one. All right. But here's my point. How did you like my idea? I, I love Ted Cruz's idea because that's what he was saying. First of all, it's not Ted Cruz's idea. Well, you know, I had that first. idea all by myself. So anyway, if he can use the 1.375 for the wall and, you know, he has anywhere between 900 million and billions in other funds that he can use and has the discretion to use as he sees fit. And he decides if the president would do that, sign that, he'd have that money. The other monies, we're not sure the exact amount, but it seems like it's billions, perhaps. That's money in the interim he'll be using. If he simultaneously declares the national emergency, he still has all that money to build the wall and keep the building going in the interim. Or we take the El Chapo money. I mean, we all know how good he was at digging tunnels. What, we call it the El Chapo wall Okay, in what, honor what, of the Mexicans. What part of, you, what part of you believes that House Democrats would ever allocate the money that way? Listen, Listen, it's better than having to find it somewhere else. Okay. What part of, you see, we do have a constitution. We have separation of powers. One of the constitutional roles of Congress is they get to approve how money's spent. Yeah, I mean, Jason is saying the same thing that you're saying. Yes, they have to decide on how it's appropriated. But I'm just saying, if you got for $14 billion. It's a great idea, but they're not going to appropriate it because otherwise they would have appropriated it. I just don't want to have to say 1.375. Can't we just say 1.4? Okay, 1.375. But so he'll have that money. They'll go do their judge shopping in California. They will win the first round with a liberal activist judge. Then it'll go to the Ninth Circuit. Although the Ninth Circuit did side with Secretary Nielsen's uh, Department of Homeland Security that they do have the authority to override California's extreme environmental laws and can build and have broad authority to build whatever barrier they want. Then, while the president is battling this out in the courts, the next step would be the president gets that to the Supreme Court and the issues are so significant, A, national emergency, B, his role as commander in chief, C, separation of powers, and D, you have the U.S. Code 284, which explicitly grants by law the president the right to build the wall. Uh, I think he wins. So there's no stoppage in play. He gets to take the money in the interim while he's out, you know, litigating this which I think he'd win. So that's why I'm not bothered by the bill as long as, as long as he does the national emergency. I like your idea. Oh, took all Sean day. Sean Hannity for president. Ugh. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Busy Hannity tonight as we go over all the radical left and the Democrats' radical extremist plan for America, which is a form of insanity, in case you didn't know it. Well, the latest on the budget battle, what are the president's real intentions? We'll get to all of that and the other news of the day. We have deep state news we'll be getting as well. We have Tammy Bruce, Sean Spicer, Sarah and Greg tonight, and Tom Homan. Former Homeland Security Chief. Also, Tim Tebow will join us tonight. That's all coming up. 9 Eastern, set your DVR. Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow.
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Who does Sean Hannity choose when diversifying his savings with gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Gold Co. is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped tens of thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com. You know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they support America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders that die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty, and they help our homeless vets as well. Now, these are the heroes that we all owe a debt of gratitude to. Now, the Foundation's Gold Star, their fallen first responders, smart home, homeless veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women that risk their lives and their bodies for our country and our communities. Now, the Foundation's Never Forget programs, they engage people in 9-11 remembrances all across the country with over 80 runs and walks and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues. They have their Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute to educate our kids K-12 through about America's darkest day, all while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. Anyway, we hope you'll join all of us here at Team Hannity and commit to 11 bucks a month so they can continue this great work. Go to their website, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. 